Welcome to Mudflap and Palmer We're Forced to Do a Podcast, a weekly bonus bit of the Mudflap and Palmer Show, starring Mudflap and Palmer. Reach out to us on Facebook or email mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. Now, against their will and most people's wishes, here are Mudflap and Palmer. Well, hey guys, it is episode number 31 of the Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's also the first one of 2023. And with that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening, for downloading, for just being here for us. And that is a big part of what today's podcast is going to be because today being January 9th, over the weekend, we celebrated the 10th anniversary of the Mudflap and Palmer show. We've been around as a show for 10 years. Now. Ironically off the air. <laughs> it was on the weekend. Yeah. It, well, also we spent six months of those 10 years off the air as well. That doesn't count. No, no. Are we still at 9.5 years then? Is that how that works? Well, probably no, I wouldn't, I would say no because the show never went away. It did not. We had a presence on Facebook. Certainly you guys followed us and supported us and we cannot thank you enough. We, you know, as we look back on our radio careers, I have to be honest. I've been doing this for 35 years now. Since yeah, 1988. I'm at 25 now. Yeah. And over the course of that time period, I cannot remember being as grateful to a group of people as I am to the folks that support and listen to this show and to this podcast. You guys are fantastic. And literally, we would be doing something else if it wasn't for you. That is true. We'd be you know, working. And I have zero job skills, so I don't know what that something else would be. I don't know what that would be either, because nothing we do on the air translates to real-world stuff. And you and I talked about that this morning off the air. We were talking about the fact, what would we do if we weren't doing radio? And I don't know, because, and you're exactly right, nothing that we do, our, our skill set here, to the best of our ability, we can't figure out if there's a way to translate that and adapt it to something else. It would have to be like in public relations or social media. And you and I are too crotchety to be doing public (laughs) relations, to be honest My wife just wants me to work at Target so I get a discount. Uh, (laughs) That's what she told me. Career goals. Hashtag career goals, sir. I could be the new Target greeter. Put that little, you know, bullseye on your vest and you're good to go. That's true. Look, I'd come by. I'd want some of those uh, employee discounts too. I ain't going to lie. It's right around the corner from my house. Target is. I'd be coming by often. That is true. But... We do thank you guys for everything that you've done for us over the last uh, 10 years. And even before that, as we were separate entities mm-hmm. on our old radio station. Uh, so let's talk. We're going to spend today's podcast kind of going back and, and conveying exactly how all of this came together. And it does with uh, actually Ed Palmer being the first part of this story and how you got into radio which was before I ever arrived in Florence. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll touch base on that, and then we'll dovetail the two stories together. I got into radio because, one, I was just kind of looking for something to do. I was, you know, I've done every job you can think of before mm-hmm. radio. I mean, I was a meat cutter, you know, I was a landscaper. I mean, I did it all. Roofer, did it all. And it was one of those things where a friend of mine was working in, a, in at, at, I guess, across the street. And... We he goes, hey, we were looking for somebody part time to run NFL football games, and I was like, oh, okay, all I have to do is sit there and hit a few buttons. Sure, I'm all in on that, and so that's how kind of how I got in the radio. And, and when was that? That was in 1998. 
Okay. Of yeah, September of 1998 is wow. when I got into that. That's interesting because that's right after I got into South Carolina radio. Because I was uh, I started radio in 1988, similarly to you, and I think this is the way a lot of jobs start uh, when people are in their early 20s. Which is, I did not know what I wanted to do. I kind of felt like I wanted to do radio. As a matter of fact, when I was in the military, I kind of interned at a, a country station off base uh, just outside of Quantico. And it was really just hanging out in the studio with the DJs and kind of seeing what it was like. I did a couple of sports shows on the weekends with some other guy. Uh, right. Again, not being paid. I was total intern. I said, yeah, I, I kind of want to do this. But for the year after I got out of the Marine Corps, from 1987 to 1988, almost a full, actually a little more than a full year, uh, I did odd jobs. I worked at a convenience store. I, did a, I had a driving job. I had a security guard job uh, at a museum in Schenectady, New York, where my dad was a security guard. So I kind of got, you know, eased into that as well. And I just did these various things. Then I visited, my family uh, in the interim decided they were going to move to uh, Virginia. And my fiance at the time and I, she had never met my family. So I said, well, let's go down to Virginia and meet the family. And while we were there, we both kind of said, you know what? I had missed my family. Uh, I liked that area of Virginia a lot. It was in the Shenandoah Valley. And I said, you know what? If I can find a job in the next seven days while we're here visiting, I said, we'll, we'll move down. We'll, we'll come back and, and do this. So I did. I actually applied for a job as a radio salesperson. And I asked them uh, if I could uh, do some DJing on the side. That was my in because they weren't really looking for DJs. Right. And I said that, and I said, "Can I do this as well?" And they said, "Yeah, sure." And sales was not for me. Oh, me neither. No, sales was not for me at all. I, I literally, I would go in for the morning meeting, go home, and sit and watch midday television, and then show up for my night shift. Because I did not want to do sales at all. It was just a means to an end. That's what I would and, have done. And, and then they found that out rather quickly as I was bringing in absolutely zero sales. But hey, I, I called a bunch of people. I did actually visit a couple of people. But the bottom line was it was obvious where my aptitude lied. Lay? Lay. Where my aptitude, what I was good at. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't speaking. <laughs> it was pushing buttons the same as you. And in October of 88... That's when I took my first radio job, and for those couple of years, from 88 to 98, I worked in uh, Virginia Radio at a couple of different radio stations. Well, in 98, me and another guy that I worked with said, let's, you know, we, let's get out of here. We were in Harrisonburg, Virginia at the time. And I said, let's, let's cast our lots. I, I felt that he was talented. He saw something in me. We were kind of friendly. I said, let's see what we can do. So we put together a fake audition tape and sent it out. And only got one response out of like 40 of them. And that was from a station in Charleston. So we came down, we were invited down for the audition, and we got the job. Um, and that was in uh, February of 98. So that's when I came down to Charleston and started working at, what was it, Cat Country down there? It was Cat Country down there. They had been Bubba, oh, 107.5. Because I remember you and your crew getting on the air mm -hmm. and everybody thought your name was ridiculous i thought my name was ridiculous yeah. i hated it that was a, a bone of contention it was the steve sherry and mudflap show uh at cat country 107.5 in charleston and i worked there in you know various team members came and went uh and i worked there for about five years a little over five years before i came to florence and joined uh 
the station across the street, and you had left. Yeah, I had left for point. about six months. You had left, and I came on board. And uh, I was running the place for about five, six, seven years. And then, uh, and you were doing after, you came back and you were doing afternoons. Yep. And I was doing mornings uh, with Maddie. And then along the way, Maddie shifted over to one of the other stations and we brought in Tessa. And then I got on the outs basically with management. And uh, me and the general manager at the time did not get along at all. He wanted me gone. He was just over me, and I wasn't real fond of him either. And they said, well, we're going to put you in afternoons and take the whole station away from you and give it to Ed Palmer. So yeah. then it was... Yeah, that was a surprise. Uh, it was... Uh, what, what did you call the show? Was it... How was it branded? Ed and Tessa in the morning. Ed and Tessa in the morning, and I went and did afternoons. Tessa lasted for about a year and a half, and yeah. then she uh, moved away. And She moved back home. Right. She moved to Nevada, where she was from. And the two of us uh, got along, and uh, I think we had a mutual appreciation for what each of us brought to the table when it was on the air. And yeah. on top of that, there were very few options oh, left. Oh, my goodness. They they were bringing in every schmo off the street mm-hmm. to fill in with me. And then the, the weird thing about it was they were all you know female, and they would all talk off the air. But as soon as you opened up the mic, it was like, stage fright yeah. I, I guess that's the best way i could describe it there were several different options that you had there some people that actually worked in radio yeah some people that didn't and it just never worked out it was just odd kind of gelled and, and the two of us off the air started talking it's like look you know it only makes sense and we started kind of floating the idea of look we're the two people in this building that have the most radio experience out of everybody in the building we're the two people why not just pair us together and uh, see what happened. Now, at that point in time, you were still in good graces with the general manager. I was not. That soon I was, went I was away. a pariah to the general manager. He did not like me at all. So we kind of, here's what happened. <laughs> we forced this. <laughs> we did force the issue. Yes. Uh, I guess just to placate either you or me or to buy some time, they said, okay, go ahead and try it out. And we did, and it was actually for a couple of days in December, mm-hmm. we had done. And they didn't really make a decision. They didn't really they didn't say think anything. It, well, because we weren't even on their radar. Right. To be honest with you, as a team, we were not on their radar. They would have just, at this point in time, they would have just been happy to see me out of the building. But they were shorthanded at that time. So what we did was we did uh, a couple of shows in December. Then we took vacation. And we came back, and we basically just took over the show. Well, we, well, what happened was okay, we, we knew we were coming back, and we were going to take a swing at this, for mm-hmm. real. And that weekend, the weekend before we actually got on the air, I went ahead and created the Mud Flap and Palmer Facebook page, which, oh, my God, it hit the fan in such a way because... Because we took the reins and actually made a, an executive decision. Yeah, and they did not like that on any level. No, keep in mind now... Now, I was the boss for the first several years that I was there. Then they took those reins away from me, gave them to him. So he was catching all the crap. Yeah, I was catching I it. wasn't catching the crap, but I heard about it secondhand where it you was brutal. caught black for that. And at which point I said, TFB, too freaking bad. We're moving forward. We were both of the same mind. And we did our first show of uh, January 2013. At which point we did the show we knew. 
it was kind of rickety. We knew for a fact that, that the two of us had not ever worked really together uh, for any length of time. So you have two different personalities. You have two different approaches uh, to what we wanted to do. Yeah. And we were feeling our way. I'm going to go back a little bit and say that I've been doing mornings for a long time prior to this. Yeah, this Here was and elsewhere. really my first run at it with Tessa. Right. And you had a year, year and a half that you had had uh, in mornings with her. So you had a kind of an idea what you wanted to do and, and how to do it. I had more of a solid idea because I'd just done it longer. And I was always told, and this was when I was in Charleston, when we first put together the team down there, Steve Sherry and Mudflap, we were told um, that the standard rule of thumb in radio is a morning show does not hit its stride until they've been together for 18 months. That over that time, they gel, they kind of hash things out, and you find out whether they're going to be a show or not. Yeah, who's good at what, you know, what their strengths are, their 18 weaknesses. Months. 18 months. So I want to point out that after four hours on the air, as the Mudflap and Palmer show, we were unceremoniously told that we sucked, that our show was terrible, and if they, we didn't get it together by the end of the week, that it was a done deal. We literally didn't turn off the microphones, no. and they were standing there. Yeah. Well, they meaning the one person, the general manager. Yeah. Um, and uh, he will not be named because I'm not going to give him that kind of uh, publicity. But he still works in radio as a general manager in this town. So somehow he's found a way to convert being really crappy at his job to being really crappy at another job. It's pretty impressive when you think about it. That's a skill set. That's a skill set. It is. And I admire that. I admire it. So anyway, we were told after the very first show. We didn't have a chance to even find our footing, much much less figure out what we wanted to do. <laughs> At all. And we were told that we sucked. I mean, I'm not guilty of the lily here. I'm not Those softening were the, words. the blows. That was the exact verbiage of that. So keep in mind, we were told that we sucked. At this point in time, 2013, I have been in radio for 25 years. 25 years. Kind of know what I'm doing. You've been in the radio business for 15 years. I don't know what you're doing. And again, common sense says that when you put two different personalities together for the first time, it's going to take some time to figure out where you want to go and how you want to do it. Right. We were told after day one. <laughs> so anyway, we made it, managed to survive the week. But it was never a pleasant experience from a manager standpoint. It was always a war. It was always a war. It was always that we just didn't measure up. And I will tell you this. Flat out. We, within a year, became the number one. There's another station in town, uh, an urban station, a black station, that always was number one. Yes. Because we have a 50% black population in this town, and what are they going to listen to? So they all listened to that station, so they were by default number one. But of all the other stations, we were number one. Specifically, our morning show was number one. We, we were had always the number one. And by uh, not by a small margin either. We were pretty solidly number one. But that was never enough. And I'll tell you why that was never enough. We would come in, and twice a year we'd get our ratings, and we were told, well, here's what you got. Oh, there's great ratings. Yeah. But we're extrapolating what you're going to get next time, and we're seeing a huge drop-off. <laughs> it's never happened. Huge drop-off. It never happened. It's coming. You're going to suck in six months. We were told this we can never every take, time. We can never take a win. No. It, it was uh, every time we thought, man, it can't get any better than this. We'd always walk out of that meeting feeling like, wow, we're losers. Yeah. It, it, the funny part about it was you knew what you were going to put up with because our general manager, who was uh, actually, he was 
at this point in time, our vice, vice president, president. And what he would do is sit us down at the desk, and he had out the ratings that were printed out and a pencil. He, had, he looked like the mad accountant. Yes. He had a pencil, and he would start sketching out. He goes, this is where you are right now, but the discreets. <laughs> that was a word we came to hate with a passion. The discreets. Here's where you are, and that's good, but you're going to suck. You, we already see that pattern. You're going to suck. You're already starting to suck. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> I'm here to so tell I'm here you. To tell you. <laughs> so anyway, that never that shoe never dropped, and we were consistently like number one or number two in the market uh, as far as morning shows, and the and the station was number one or number two in the market because in large part of the strength that we brought to the morning show. Right. Fast forward to uh, that was 2013. Then in 2017, after a little more than four years together, we were unceremoniously dumped uh, as a cost-cutting measure. And I don't know what the hell they were cost-cutting because we weren't making that much. No, salespeople made 10 times more than we a did. A lot more than us. But we were, there's a couple things at play here. One is we were the oldest people in the building as far as on the air. Yeah, we had uh, the most longevity. So, yes. And also, on, and if we wanted to scream ageism, we probably could. Uh, also, yeah. also our salaries, as far as on the air, we say we didn't make much. We did make more than the other DJs, um, won a whole lot more, but we made more. So we were a target at that point in time for cost cutting. So they marched me down, fired me, hugged it out in the parking lot. He went back <laughs> upstairs then he got fired. Yep. <laughs> then we went day drinking. <laughs> then we went day drinking. <laughs> at that point in time, we were now... Four and we were uh, our show was about halfway to where we are here. Yeah. We were about four and a half years together, and again, very successful years. So then we're fired. We have to sit out six months, and this is what they do in broadcasting. They have what they call a non compete, which is in your contract that says you will not work for another radio station within X amount of miles, which I think for us was sixty. It was um, uh, for a period of, and we'll give you a severance. Uh, but the severance never measured up to the non-compete. So well, our the, non-compete was six months. Yeah. Our severance was three. Yeah, it makes no sense. Well, it you, makes you, sense for them. Well, you, you don't want us to work, but we're not going to pay you either. Yeah, you, you feel and non-competes are hoping, a bunch of bullshit. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, what they're hoping is you find another line of work and don't come back yes. in and jack with them. That's the thing. And they give you just enough severance. And they know we don't make that much. So if they say, we're going to pay you for the next three months, you're not going to sit there and go, well, I'm going to you know, piss in the face of this and, and, and just dump the three months salary because we need the money to be perfectly honest with you. We're, we're living at, paycheck, at a wage. Paycheck. Yeah. If you, if you guys, and I'll tell you flat out, we made somewhere a little over 40,000 when we were over there Yep. Uh, uh, per year. So yeah, it's like not big money, but it's money. We're paying bills on a monthly basis. We've got to keep the money in. And then you try to stretch out that second three months That's where you tough. can't do anything. Little hard, little tough. We, I'll tell you what, if it lasted another couple of weeks, it would have been a really difficult time. Yeah, that, you know, and about the three-month mark is when we knew we were coming here. Yes, and that was the saving grace. Yeah. That's what gave us that extra push to last those six months. Yeah, it was tough. Because we were fired at the end of April of 2017. We started talking to these guys end of June, beginning of July. Now, we had been contacted immediately, but as far as really sitting down and talking about coming over here... Uh, yeah, we met the owners, had a couple lunches with them. Actually, you know, they flew some stuff uh, up to lawyers to find out if there was a way that they can get us to come over sooner, but they didn't really want to do that battle. And we said, okay, we, we can wait. 
And the six months passed, and we kept you guys in the loop as to what was happening as much as we could. Yeah, because we were on uh, basically radio silence. Anytime we popped our heads up on Facebook, mm-hmm. they would like threaten us to sue us and all this other stuff. We did a Facebook Live from the patio outside of Moe's uh, here in Florence uh, where we went on. It was video, and we were just talking to the listeners and the fans, kind of giving them an update. And, man, right after that was done, we, were, we, we heard about it. Yeah. Right. By, by the people that. Uh, and what's funny about that is we were almost at the end of the pay period. When you think about it, if we look back, we could have probably done whatever we wanted to as soon as that money stopped coming in. Yeah. Who cares? What are they going to do? Yeah. What, sue us? Yeah, go ahead. Screw you. You wouldn't get anything. <laughs> That's going to be very disappointing for you. So we stayed off the air, but we were in talks with the folks here at Community Broadcasters uh, from early July. And uh, we kept in contact. I guess the first time we actually came here was in August. We came and kind of got a tour of the building and whatever. Yep. Um, and we knew kind of what we were going to do when we uh, were unveiled as the new morning show. On Halloween. Because they didn't have anything here. They had satellite, much like what our old station is now. They had voices from out of town and satellite shows in the morning. Right. And they were looking. Their, what we brought to the table was ratings and longevity in the market. Uh, and the, these, this station was never a competitive station when we were across the street. We basically just put our foot on the necks of everybody and, and crushed everybody. But now that she was on the other foot, they had the chance to bring a morning show on board that came with heritage in this town, uh, came with ratings, you know, proven performers. So they knew that they could get us. And if they wanted to actually take that leap and be a local show, a local station, this was a way to do that, and they decided that it was, and uh, they uh, brought us on board. We came uh, in October of uh, 2017, just uh, several months ago, celebrated our fifth year here, and now we're celebrating our 10th year as a show. Yeah, so it's it's been a fun ride here. It's been a lot of fun. It's hard to believe either that we've been here for five years and together for 10 years. I've been trying to wrap my head around that this morning. As to how 10 years has flown by so quickly. And it's been really fast because it doesn't feel like that as a show. Um, no, you're right about that. You know, we, we talk about that and we kind of laugh about it. Mm-hmm. And then I go, man, it doesn't feel like it's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. It, it went by really, really fast. And I think half of it is, is that when we got here, it felt like radio again. You know, it, as opposed to kind of we were just really treading water towards the end. Over it there. was corporate bullshit, you know, that we had to deal with mm-hmm. and nobody could give you an answer on a local level. Here, it, it, it felt like this is where it started, you know. You're back to what radio was supposed to was be. Was supposed to be, you know, you actually had, if I wanted to talk to the owner, I can pick up the phone and call and they would right. answer. Right. Um, over there, not so much. They, Who are you? You work where? Yeah. It was pretty, uh, pretty bleak there towards the end. To the point where we were shaken up when we were fired because uncertainty is going to do that to anybody. But at the same time, there was a measure of relief in that, okay, now we don't have to deal with this crap over here anymore. Now we can figure out. And to be honest, we had actually talked to several radio stations uh, outside of this market, one in Asheville, North Carolina that was interested, one in Myrtle Beach that was interested. Wasn't there one in Florida? Uh, There may have been early on. I know Myrtle Beach and Asheville were the ones that kind of went a little further. You and I had a phone conversation with the folks, I think with both sets of folks. Yes, but, uh, you talked to the ones in Myrtle Beach, but yes. we both talked together with to the ones in Nashville. Asheville. Yeah. And that was going to be for a rock station. And that kind of kind of could have been fun. But to be perfectly honest, 
we're a little bit older and we are we have our roots here and we did not really want to go somewhere else and start over even though Asheville is beautiful I love Asheville oh that town. would have been my jam as far as you know where to live where to live that would right? have been but wonderful we, we're just established here you know we joke on the radio uh, quite often how you talk about my ruts but this is a rut we both reside in in that we're comfortable in Florence. We know the area. We know the people. The people know us. There's a lot to like about that. Oh, 100%. And could we go to larger markets? Yeah, there are options. Asheville's a much larger market. Um, and we could have probably been successful there as well. But you get to the point, and a lot of people in radio do, where you start to figure out that it's quality of life as opposed to climbing that next rung in the ladder. Which I have never had an interest right. in. Right, you were never that person. I was at first mm-hmm. when I was when I first came to Florence. I said I'm going to be here 18 months and then I'm going to be gone. I'm uh, going to go somewhere else. My intention was never even to be on the air. You know, I, I got on the air by accident. Some uh, Dr. Henley Smythe, for those of who live in Florence in the PD, you remember him. Um, he was the program director for a Motown station, in which I happened to be in the hallway, in which he was having a disagreement with one of the on-air personalities. That never happens. In which he basically said, you're done. You're off the air. I was in the studio or or in the hallway at the time. He looked at me and pointed and said, you get in here and finish the show. That's how I started on the air. In which I wanted to throw up because I've never been on the air before in my (laughs) life. And and then you're going to put me on a Motown station, which thank God I listened to a lot of Motown growing up. So I kind of was familiar with the music. (laughs) But yeah, that that was an eye opener. That's how I got on the air. So... (laughs) It's it's such a weird, you know, the, the Rascal Flat song, uh, Bless the Broken Road. These are broken roads. The way we got to where we are today from where we started before we got into radio is such a weird and twisted road, uh, which I think a lot of people have over the course of the years when they find out where they are right now how, and then they look back on the path. Especially radio people. For oh, whatever yeah. reason, there's always crazy stories like this. It's never... Hey, I just applied for the job and everything went smoothly. Right. Uh, that never, ever, ever happens. There may be like 1% of the radio people who are left um, have those stories. But, you know, for the most part, you get crazy, weird stories because it's not a normal job. And we've told quite a few stories uh, of our radio years on the podcast and on the air. I guarantee you haven't heard 20% of them. Oh, no. I mean, you haven't even heard not that even much. Close. We, we have so many others. Yeah, we could probably do a series of podcasts. The podcast could absolutely be about our radio stories. I, I mean, I don't know who would find them entertaining other than us. Yeah. But the bottom line is there is that much material available to us over the course of both of ours when you add it together, 60 years in radio. True. Separate and together. So the last 10 of them as the Mudflat and Palmer Show, which is uh, due almost solely to you and your support and your friendship and your listenership, which we cannot thank you enough for. Uh, will we do another 10? Who knows? As you said on the air today, you'll be in your 70s. <laughs> and you suck for saying that because it's not true. It's close. No, it's not. It is. Nowhere near close. Mm, yeah. No. Because you'll be 67 in Yeah, 10 years. in my mid to upper 60s. How about late 60s? No. <laughs> no. Not true. So anyway, uh, again, thank you all. You've made this possible. Not only the podcast because of you supporting our show, but also, uh, you know, the fact that you listen to us at two different radio stations and followed us here. We can't thank you enough. You guys are incredibly special. Yeah, and, and thank you to community broadcasters And as I well. will say, yeah, absolutely, the folks that actually took a chance and hired us. Um, 
I do want to point out one thing that I have a little perspective on that you don't in that you've only worked here in Florence and radio. I've worked other places, and I will tell you from that perspective that the listeners here are more loyal uh, to a, a radio talent than anywhere else I've been. I mean, you guys absolutely bring it, and we cannot That's be, why I've stayed here. And, and, and that's why we both stayed here. Yeah. We've had options. I mean, uh, about 12 years ago, before the Mudflat and Palmer show, I actually flew to Louisiana. Uh, I had a job interview in, uh, what was it? It was, uh, it wasn't Baton Rouge. It was, um, what's that other city? I forget. I don't know. I it's not New you. Orleans. It's not Baton Rouge. Where I didn't, did, I where, didn't get a plane where, seat there. Where's LSU? It's Baton Rouge. No, it's not Baton Rouge. Sure. It, no, stop it. Let's it's just go with it. Does it matter? <laughs> is it important? It's important to me. I can't. I can't believe I don't remember. It's the place that, believe it or not, Weather Wayne actually worked there after I turned down that job. But uh, I honestly can't remember the name of the city. But it's. Uh, I went down. I actually got yeah, the job. LSU's in Baton Rouge. Okay, it's not Baton Rouge. It's, maybe it's the other uh, Louisiana station. Sure. Or, 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 or it's the other Louisiana college. New Orleans. No. No. Third city. Yeah. Third city. Does it matter? Yes. You interviewed there. You think you remember this. I was there. I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Visited many casinos, did we? Uh, no. As a matter of fact, although I was told that they were there, uh, it was, okay, not the three biggest. Hold on. Louisiana. I'm looking this up on Google as we speak. It was Lafayette. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that plane trip. Oh. I was there. Hung out. and We did Mardi Gras and... You know, there there was fun stuff to do. So I went to Lafayette. Yeah, and I interviewed for the job, and I ate, ate some etouffee. I d- I did actually. The food there was fantastic. See, how do you forget this? I I forgot the city. I forgot. I knew I was in, New- in Louisiana, <laughs> but actually, I did not think that I was going to get the job because I felt like I misstepped a couple times uh, with the general manager down there. But she called and she said, "We'd like to offer you the job," and it was for twenty thousand more than I was making across the street. It's more than I was making than I'm making now. Right. And uh, I just didn't feel like I wanted to. At, at that point in time, I made this decision in my head. And I thought I was going to take the job. Uh, but then I decided not to just because I love living here in the PD. It was that. And, and, and also the fact that I really didn't want to uproot the whole family and go. Well, the kids were in school and Yes, all and that. We, we could have pulled that off, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to leave here. And to this day, I'm glad that I See, it starts you down a track, though, as a radio DJ, when you start, like, city hopping mm-hmm. you never plant roots there are some people we've worked with people like that and there it's just insane i i can't imagine living like that do you remember uh, I'll, I'll call his name out jeff roper yes jeff roper is very much that person yeah uh he would just take the next radio job wherever he was he was in myrtle beach and he was kind of a big deal there uh and he was in columbia he went to texas i think then he actually worked for this company for i think a week before yeah. he left here to take another job yeah he just had no problem hopping around and I'm not sure exactly who trusts that employee to be an employee. You know, it's one of those weird things where they take you on name value or where you've been as opposed to what your capabilities are. Uh, and we've seen that a million times in radio as well. Uh, but yeah, we're not that kind of market hopping, job hopping people. We want to get established. I like stability. Yes. And be somewhere where we like the people and, and hopefully the people like us. So anyway, that's our podcast. It's all about us and we're okay with that. Well, it does have our name on it. It, it. You know, people need to be reminded of that. It does have Mudflat and Palmer were forced to do a podcast. Every now and then. And, you know, in 2023, I have one New Year's resolution. What? To be even more open and honest on the podcast. 
It may get us in trouble, but I wa- that's what I want to do. Well, it's our podcast. That is true. It doesn't really have anything to do with the that radio is true. station. We're going to start naming names. No, we're not. We're not? So. <laughs> okay, stand by for that one. We'll see. All right. <laughs> Should be an interesting year on the podcast. Coming up, uh, episode 32, the next time we decide to sit down in front of the microphones, want to thank you again for listening. And have yourselves a wonderful week. And that's a wrap. Thanks for checking out the Mud Flap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast podcast. A new episode goes live every Friday. So check back then. If you need more of the guys, you can hear Mud Flap and Palmer in the PD on 99.3 The Cat weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. And around the world via the Cat Country app. Have a great week.